1: Hello, hello!
2: Welcome back. Falling forward with Dan Lassac, thats me. Uh, episode fifteen. Nervous laugh in there. Don't know why. Just threw it in. Just threw it in. Uh, it might be a bit rambunctious today. There's rambunctious children doing rambunctious things surrounding my house. Not—I've not done anything wrong. They're out there playing. They're unaware of my existence. But uh, yes. So if you hear screaming, don't phone the police. Or do, it's up to you. But yes, welcome back. Hope you're doing very well. Hope it's a nice Tuesday morning for you all. And yes, I know you all listen to Falling Forward, the day it drops. I can, I can understand that. It's very good. It's a very good podcast. And today, we've got a very good guest. The important broadcaster himself, the yes man, the cult leader, Danny Wallace. Uh, who you've heard from those things I just referenced a, a moment ago in, in in the intro there. And uh, Radio X. No, I already referenced that. He's done a lot. And uh, I shouldn't have to recount it all. You all have the internet. You can Google the name Danny Wallace and find out all about him yourselves. I don't even know why you're listening to this podcast. It seems, it seems excessive to have Google and then also listen to one-on-one, long-form, unedited interviews. That's not how I describe the podcast normally. That's just just me trying to sound clever. Uh, but yeah, really, really enjoyed this one. I came away from it. I was walking through the streets of that London with an additional spring in my step and uh, that lasted for at least 45 minutes until I looked at Twitter. And then that sucked all life and positivity out of my soul. But you know what? 45 minutes? I'll take it. We had a lovely chat about his most recent book, F You Very Much, which deals with rudeness, but in a very polite way. Uh, I advise you to, to read or listen to the book. Uh, well, listen to the audiobook. If you purchase the physical book and just listen to it, you may not get a particularly exciting experience. But yes, that's coming up momentarily. Um, I notice we get new listeners with each guest. Each guest brings some of their followers with them. And it's nice, but I always forget to plug everything that's come before it. So, Danny's friends and followers... Uh this podcast is just conversations with creators about stuff. I could have could have thought of a better synopsis than that, but that's the truth. And uh the truth's important. So if you dig further back, we've got DJ Yoda in there, we've got the pornographer Stoya, uh Chiptune artist Chipsell, um and another radio broadcaster from BBC. Uh, called Matt Everett so I don't know I don't know with Danny being Radio X I don't know if there's some sort of turf war there but you might want to hear what the enemy sounds like I, I don't know but yes go dig and have a little listen to those you'll enjoy them also it's very unedited very unedited like the least amount of editing I could get away with without sounding stupid so don't expect the slickness right here You know, it's gonzo podcasting. Although that makes it sound dirtier than it really is. And everyone, be aware that we recorded this in the bar, the Queen of Hoxton. Uh, They were very polite enough to let me use a space. But, but, through a series of miscommunications, we ended up in the loudest room of all time. Hopefully... I've used some audio magic and trickery so that it doesn't sound too bad, but there are some thundering door slams, a, a delightful hum of a air-conditioning unit, um, and a, a high-pitched squeak that I could not really place. So hopefully that won't be too distracting for you, uh, or hopefully I haven't overprocessed it and made us sound like robots. Also, thank you to the Patreons, Uh, of patreon Uh, this podcast is brought to you by patreon well not the company patreon by people who use my page within patreon to support the podcast i don't know if you know how all this works but um, i take money from people they push it into my uh, e g string as i gyrate my podcast hips in your face and um, yes, I then spend that money on the oil that is more podcasts. Uh, I think that I think that analogy works. So thank you, everyone who does that. If you are interested, jump over to patreon.com forward and then you can rub oil on me. I don't know I don't know where I was going with that. Um, also, the music you can hear right now is on Danosac.bankcamp.com. It's totally free. Uh, pay what you want, basically. Uh, so just take it for free. Everyone else does, don't they? Don't they? Music's got no value anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, that's bad. That's bad. Anyway, really hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, hang about at the end if you want to hear who's on next week, and uh, just open your ears for myself and Danny Wallace in the basement of Queen of Hoxton uh, talking about things because that's what podcasts are. Possible. Did I write notes for you? Yes. Oh, and some notes. Thank God. Well, Danny, you sort of have to write notes for you. Do you? You've done a lot.
4: Done a lot of different things. Keep moving around. Like
2: it's. I didn't realise. Is that right? I, I think I've only followed a few few of your uh, tendrils. Right. Yeah. The career check tendrils. So obviously, I knew nothing of the children's books because I don't ah, yes. frequent children. Good, I'm glad. Yeah, now that's the right phrase. But, yeah, so, you've, in the last 20 years, yeah. how
4: many books have you read? How many books in the last um, 20 years? I suppose maybe around 16 or 17, something like that. 16 15, or 17, I including, think so, the, including the kids Including books. the kids' books, I believe. They count, though. There's
2: yeah, oh, they have books. books. They still oh, get yeah. printed. Okay, so that's 15. Then you've, had various radio shows, yeah, and podcasts, and podcasts, and like a tiny movie thing with Jim <laughs> Jim Carrey and yes, and Zoe Deschanel. That's right. Although she's probably the more popular of the Deschanels, Oh yeah, I would say Emily Deschanel is more the thinking man's Deschanel.
4: Any Deschanel will do. Any that's <laughs> will that's do. always been that's always been my uh, <laughs> my, my my family crest. <laughs> Um, she's that must have
2: been awkward to explain when you met her. Like, is that my name on your family
4: crest? <laughs> yeah, it was a bit. And um, why are you wearing a blazer with your family crest on? She, you know, she's very accepting. She's a very accepting woman. That's the thing about Deschanelles. <laughs> yeah, they're very, very accepting. Um, she was great fun, actually. Um, just really, I mean, exactly as she is kind of mm. um, on film. I've
2: seen her, her band yeah.
4: um, oh, years ago now. But, yeah,
2: I expected... Something else. For yeah. some reason. I was thinking, I don't know. I, I've seen a few sort of actor bands and usually there's a tonal shift in the way they are. Mm-hmm. But she was just like, oh, no, that's that, that woman off that TV
4: show. Yeah, she but just she, seems like someone who can just stand up and just do whatever is required. Yeah. Um, but it always, you know, it, it's still just her. Yeah, yeah. Which is quite nice.
2: Yeah. Um, but to have done so much...
4: Why do more? <laughs> well, it's a, good, it's a good question. Sometimes I don't want to. Sometimes mm. I mow the grass. Um, and it's very odd, right, when I mow the grass, because I love mowing the grass. Mm. And it's because I always need to be doing something, and something that feels useful in some yeah. way, something that is, um, you know, it is, I should be sort of relaxing, but I, I always just want to do the next thing. i mm. to try and do it well. And I've realised that, um, you know, as I get older and... and slower even though you know I'm 42 but you know I do <laughs> I'm feeling older now if I mow the grass like an old man I'm still doing something yeah. and I still want to do it well yeah. but I still feel like I'm being useful somehow to um, to well not to the universe but you know to to those around me yeah but you're right I mean I don't know I've always just had that urge to just crack on mm. um, to feel like the clock is ticking and um, I'm not having fun unless I'm Creating something. And you've said that before that you're, um,
2: most of the things you've, been, you've done in your life have been just, I'm looking for the fun. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's so key to it. So key to if you're going to create anything, um, it has to be something that excites you. Mm. Um, otherwise, you're committing yourself to six months or a year of doing something that doesn't matter because it doesn't matter to you. Yeah. So, why should it matter to anyone else? Um, so if it matters to you, then, then maybe it'll strike a, a chord or, or, or chime with other people. And you, striking chords is like, especially when you look
2: back at Stupid Boy Projects, <laughs> yeah. you struck a chord multiple times. Like with Join Me, you, um, obviously it says on the cover that you <laughs> accidentally started a cult, but I think if someone hadn't read that, they wouldn't realise that that's what came out of Join Me... Is something that's still happening today.
4: Yeah, you know
2: we're we're coming up on what is it the twentieth anniversary?
4: What would it be? Armageddon? Surely, like around eighteen or something like okay. that. So Armageddon, we... when all the people kind of get together who mm. who, who met through join me this thing I started. Um, I didn't have a real plan. I didn't know where it would end up. I didn't know if it would work. Mm. And it became like a, a snowball, you know, the classic thing of someone rolling a ball of snow. And then you get to a hill, and then It's just off. Mm. It's just like a car out of control. And I'm running behind it, trying to not stop it, but trying to still have some guidance over it because it it picked up so quickly.
2: Yeah. So that, uh, basically, for those who who don't know, that was basically, you placed an ad with the words join me and send a passport photo to this address. Yeah.
4: You didn't know why they were doing it. I didn't know why they were doing it, so I didn't know why why they would do it, but I wanted to find (laughs) out if they would and therefore why they did. Yeah. And they did. Um, And I wanted to see whether people would join something without knowing who they were joining or what they were joining or or just anything about it. Whether we hunger after this stuff. Um, And this was pre-Facebook and pre-Twitter, obviously, Um, before you could just join anything, Mm. before you could click a button to sign a petition. You had to do stuff.
2: Well, the weird thing about that is, like, I'd, obviously, someone who... I make things for a living, but they all rely on someone clicking just a link yeah, yeah. to hear it. And it's hard enough to get them just to click that link. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what, well, I've got to leave Twitter? Yeah. I had a <laughs> conversation with someone on um, Instagram yesterday, him saying, yeah, there's, where's the link? And you can't post links on Instagram. Right. And I, I was like... Well, there's one in my bio. Yeah. And he was like, yes, that's a lot of clicks. Yeah. And, I was like, <laughs> and then I said, well, well I, you know, I did three days research and uh, flew to America yeah. and then interviewed the person, then edited it yeah.
4: and then flew
2: back. Um, but no, I totally understand. <laughs> you don't want to click a link.
4: Yeah, I know. It's made, us, uh, it's made everything easy and made us all so, you know, so lazy. Yeah. I'll get things going like, um, how do I get your book? And um, obviously, you want to write back and say, well, you could Google that or go to a place that sells books. You know, Hmm. you you must have heard of them. Well, the the silly thing is, is if they had
2: instead of said it to you, just said it to Google, how do I get Danny Wallace's book?
4: Google would have been
2: all over it. They would have given them too many options.
4: I think you're right. But very often, it's about the interaction. They want the interaction. And also, you feel bad if you don't give them that interaction because then you're not kind of doing your job in the kind of... Um, reader, author, sort of the yeah. weird contract, you know. Um, and I, 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 love the people that read the books. And if they come up to me on the street and they say they've read one of the books, as soon as I know what book it is, um, it already feels like there's a connection there, like, um, we've, like we've sat down. Do you do you feel like uh, they know a version of you? Mm-hmm.
2: And especially now, when like if someone came up to you talking about Yes Man or Jeremy that's a version of you that you've probably moved on from mm. um, d- Does that interaction sometimes feel awkward, it's like they're talking to a Danny that's 15 years
4: younger? I don't know, because I know that that Danny, and he's, he's still me, yeah. um, but there are different versions of me. There always have been, because you have to have, you know, um, you have to have like the, the joy in your heart, and the optimism to want to go out and do these things, and mm. to meet these people, and to be excited by it. Like I was saying earlier, it's got to drive you, and that's going to be the main thing. But then there's also the you that you know when you're when you're writing it, um, you, you have to be a bit dispassionate as well, and go, is this interesting to these people? Does it need mm. that bit, or does it not? And then you also have to have like a bit of a marketing head, um, and think, is this the right thing for you know the next mm-hmm. book to be, or whatever. Um, and then there's the, the one where you're sort of out and about or, or, the, or the guy on the stage where you have to talk about it entertainingly or the person talking about it seriously with a journalist. So there are lots and lots of different versions. Mm. Um, so long, but the, there are of all of us. Um, it's just that with these different things that I've done and these different sort of career paths, you have to find the right way of doing each one. Mm. So, you know, a radio show, I'll adapt my persona a bit and play up on one aspect of it. And then that becomes the yeah. The, you.
2: you you're um. So the XFM show at the moment, you, your your is different. It's more. It's more. Uh, it's more grandiose. Yeah. And a little bit more.
4: Yeah. You I, know. I'm setting up. Uh, a world for people to get into Mm -hmm. a lot of it is setting up worlds you know so join me was a world um the the kind of the 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 escapades that people who who read uh, and enjoy and get and do their own stuff with yes man is a different thing when i started my own country for for bbc2 that was its own world with its Mm -hmm. own kind of rules and the the radio show i think if you if you want to uh, kind of get people along for an appointment Right? So they want to hear the next episode Mm. of that weekly show. You create that world. And so, yeah, so with with that one, um, the idea is it's almost like a um, a Kim Jong un style state, (laughs) except with jokes. (laughs) And I treat the listener um, uh, badly if they do not respect me. Yeah. If they respect me and they show their deference to me, then we can crack on. But then we'll also just talk about, you know, normal things that happen every yeah. you day, know, like um, the cooking and it going wrong. Or like, uh,
2: but, but like when, when someone sends in uh, an image of their listening space. Uh, their listening chamber. I, I encourage them chamber. to
4: have a dedicated listening space. Yes. And likewise. they listen in silence, and if they have a listening mm-hmm. partner, they must stare the listening partner in the eye um, mm-hmm. the whole way. They can talk through the music, it doesn't matter. That's not why they're there. That's their free time. <laughs> when I talk, that's not their free time. That's their <laughs> education time. It's, it's that sort of... That sort of thing. And if you do it right, then the moment you know you've done it right is when you get the texts in or the emails and they are not mimicking, they are they've taken the sort of the vernacular and the style of the show and, and that is how they write. So they might use the word betwixt instead of between. Yeah. And it's great when that starts to happen. Yeah. Because you realise you've hit a... Well, it's funny,
2: because I, obviously I try to do all my
4: research just just before
2: I sit down. Sure. It would be silly to do it six months ago. I would have forgotten things. And um, I, I sort of stopped, had a little break yesterday evening, about seven o'clock, and uh, my friend Leah, she'd, she'd just been sent a uh, care package of uh-huh. biscuits and tea from, from one of her viewers. On, she's on Twitch. Oh, yeah. And uh, I found myself slightly offended by a McVitie's Orange Club. Oh, why? Because the mint Oh, I see.
4: Yeah, that's true. And when you've got
2: a far superior mint Mm. chocolate club existing, why would you buy me orange? Yeah. And it, weirdly, I'm not quite channeling you, but I had a a moment of, I felt I needed to express that. Good for you. There was was a thoughtfulness in this person's gift, but they had, Undermine themselves. Yeah, so with a,
4: a thoughtlessness accompanied it. Yeah, um, yeah. No, the you're thought, right.
2: They say the thought that counts, but this was thoughtless. Yeah, That's because you, if you it.
4: respect them when you give them the mint, because the mint it's clean, it's cleansing. Yeah. It's almost like um, a chocolate toothbrush. Um, <laughs> whereas the the orange, of course, it's, but it's there for a dirtier experience. I, I think the orange is a
2: a guiltier experience. Yeah. This is the last chocolate you have in the house. Right. You, you know. Yeah. But the, the odd thing was was instantly. People replied in that time Great. you know yeah and, and then it was just like and it was funny because I haven't really enjoyed Twitter uh-huh. for a little while. obviously it's a little difficult place yeah, it is now, at, yeah. at times and, and because I'm a little bit political, I follow a lot of, of political people, so I'm being barraged by that and then the Farage was,
4: barrage the farage barrage
2: barrage. Um, but then all of a sudden it was like, oh I remember now. Yeah, I'm it, talking about wagon wheels. These things
4: happen. These m- brilliant moments where it, it, you're just reminded of the world as it was ten years ago, and obviously mm. there were huge injustices ten years ago, and there was terrible stuff going on, but it was just simpler and nicer, and it, it, it was just a set of rules that we all seemed to understand.
2: Yeah, you didn't. You didn't have people coming up to you on the street to tell you why they disliked you. They <laughs> yeah. they did that quietly to yeah. their friends. <laughs> it's that thing of uh, I really didn't like. Dan La album is it an acceptable thing to say I didn't really like I really didn't like at Dan La Sack's album No That doesn't need to done. Don't
4: need to do that You don't need to do I that I don't need to know that you
2: have no taste <laughs> You
4: know But it's also why would you do that to someone why, You know there's so many rules that we're, we're still learning because it is still so young and so fresh and it is a process of evolution and you have to suffer sadly um, having those things where you are tagged in so that mm-hmm. others in the future they live a life where they can just go about their business and check social media and not be tagged into sure. some you know, dickhead's rant. But I always find that very sort of um, classless mm. and thoughtless and lacking in empathy. Um, and also it's an attention thing, I suppose, because um, everyone now has to have an opinion on everything, all the time, whether they really care about it or not. Um, and uh, But it's that enforcing your opinion. It's like a, a power move. It's a saying, I am superior. And if you then say to that person, do you know what? You don't have to include me on that. You're like a sensitive dickhead, and yeah. they've got the upper hand. Whereas they're the person insulting you. It makes yeah. no sense. So just know that your suffering is so that future LaSax uh, <laughs> can, uh, can, can go about their business.
2: I'm glad I'm helping the future LaSax. Yeah. Um, but you talk about this, obviously, uh, your most recent book, Almost is a stupid boy project, mm. but not quite. It's a different kind of, it's yeah. a more responsible boy project.
4: Yeah, I didn't want to leave behind the people who like the stuff, so I wanted it to sort of chime with the rest. But it is a different book, mm. um, it's a different approach. And uh, it's me, you know, a bit older with uh, a few kids looking at the world, um, and an incident happened.
2: When, when was your first kid born?
4: Nine years ago. Nine years ago. What year are we in? We are in two th- end of two thousand nine. Okay. Oh, what year are we in now? 20, We're in two thousand
2: nineteen. So two thousand nine, because it like I'm going to come loop. We'll loop back, oh. but you sort of notice the boy projects obviously stop. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then you have friends like these, which happens just before where I, maybe you're you're looking uh, back. Yep.
4: Before you move on. Yeah. And
2: then it's the responsible stuff, the novels that you
4: that's when I have kids exactly Um, there yeah it is so friends like these were still a a sort of like a you know a a stupid boy project in that um, I mean I I was I was hitting 30 and I was looking back and and then it was like well all these people from my past because I moved around a lot they're all still wandering about Mm. you know they've been through the same things uh, as I have in the time that I haven't seen them sometimes you know 25 years some of them they'll have hit milestones at the same time as me. Maybe gone to university. Maybe not. Maybe learned to ride a, drive a car. Maybe not. So why don't I catch up with them? But instead of doing it in this way that we all do now, by tagging them in disrespectfully, yeah. why don't I go wherever they are in the world, knock on their door, face face-to-face, to face, like face to Facebook, and just say, are you coming out to play? Because I wanted to get back to that. Even then I wanted to sort of get back to, you know, the way it used to be. Um, a little bit. It seems like the more technological advancement there is, the more society changes, the more you kind of hanker for what you grew up on, in a sense. Um, And when you see someone
2: face-to-face, you don't have time to think about, or you you are thinking about what you're saying, but you don't have that, oh, okay, I'm going to phrase this in a particular way, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to filter things out. You make mistakes. You say things wrong, but it's... Yeah.
4: You learn a hell of a lot more. Oh, yeah. And you find you that you click back into that groove that you had. If you were a really good friend with someone, then if, you, if you're someone who can just skip over any awkwardness for a little bit, you find yourself clicking back into that groove and it becomes like the needle in the mm. vinyl. And you talk about the old days and you talk about the fun and it sparks off new stories. And, you know, it's an old friend... But you've made a new one, like almost immediately. And there's something interesting about everyone. Everyone. Um, They always say, you know, there's a book in everyone. And I do think that's true. It's just finding what the first chapter is. And sometimes you need to talk to someone else. And they need to ask you about your life. Um, Because normally we don't have people who ask about our lives. Normally people either know about them or you just fall in with them at work. But you never have that, that chat. And I was having those chats with those people. I wanted to know what had happened, what was next how they met their partner, whatever it was. Mm. And you'd find mad stuff you know, that, they'd, that they didn't think was mad because it was just their life. Yeah. One of them thought he'd solve time travel. <laughs> and that, that, within, within about an hour I got to that. And I was like, well, there you go. That's, um, that's, that's now how I'm going to think of you for a little <laughs> while. Um, and then, yeah, I had, uh, I had my first kid. And I couldn't just get up and, and run off. And like with Join Me or Yes Man or friends like these, I couldn't just go to Japan. To find an old school friend I couldn't just go to Belgium to appear on a weird chat show <laughs> um, there was pasta to be made yeah and you know people to be picked up from wherever um, and so I thought well I, you know I still need to create something so I, I decided to, um, I, wanted to see if I, I wanted to see if I could write a novel in the same way that I wanted to see if I could do a radio show or I wanted to see if I could present a telly show if the opportunity arises even if you haven't done it before. The only way you're ever going to do it is if you do it. Mm. And that's the only way you'll find out. And no one who is now a novelist was a novelist before they'd written a novel. Mm. And no one who's a musician was ever a musician before they'd made some music. You've got to do that first thing. So the, the thing is, though, that I've tried to do that with lots and lots of different things. Because um, I feel like if I have the idea, it's all about the ideas, and if I feel like I have the idea that excites me, that might be enough to take me through to the end. So if it's a novel or whatever.
2: Yeah, like to bring it back to F asterisk, asterisk, <laughs> asterisk. It's a very awkward name. I feel like, feel like there's probably a word. I just call it there.
4: F you very much. Oh, You yeah. go with the F you yeah, yeah, The,
2: the, the Asterisk is I've a I've always silence. called it that, yeah.
4: Okay. I, I, unless I'm trying to be hip. Oh, you go you for know, the full on sweat. Try and impress a barista.
2: I say, I say the swear usually. Yeah, good for you. But yeah, so F you very much um, is a book based on that nub of an idea, it's an event that happens, yeah. a harrowing, Very, harrowing deeply event a challenging in your event. life. Yeah. But then you took that idea on.
4: Yeah. Um, well, part of my job is to notice things mm. um, and, and to think, is that you know useful? And, and any time... I was writing a column every week for about uh, 11 and a half, 12 years. And that, that was the shortlist. That was the shortlist. And the good thing about that was if something bad happened to me, that was good. <laughs> Anything bad that happened to me, I, I was like, great. You, you, it's actually solved a problem for me because I've got to write a column next week. Yeah. So that person was rude to me in a cafe or that guy who cut me up or that guy who did this or whatever, um, as in cut me up in a car, I'm not talking yeah, about yeah, not street spice. violence. Yeah. Um, I was like, great, I can write about that. Now the challenge is to sort of make it funny or to say something that other people can relate to mm. and to wrap it up and put a little bow on it and go, there's 800 words. Um, and it's the same sort of principle with, with that book, for example. Um, something bad happened to me. I was the victim of some malicious customer service in a, in a diner where a, a lady just seemed to take against me as I walked in with my little son trying to buy a hot dog. Uh-huh. Those things are very easy to make, well, very easy to sell. Even,
2: even made to order.
4: Well, exactly. <laughs> um, and this woman was insistent that I would have to wait a long time because uh, every hot dog was uh, cooked to order. And it didn't seem to me to be a good excuse, but I wasn't going to cause a fuss. Um, So anyway, cut to one hour and one minute later, still no hot dog. I've been through the whole gamut of emotions. I'm trying to keep things light in the sleet outside. Kind of going, it'll be there in a minute, honestly. But every time I go back in, she's angrier and angrier with me. Until, finally, I am ejected from the diner for, for complaining with coins thrown at me, and I'm scrabbling around undignified on the floor.
2: Of of all the people in in British
4: media, (laughs) you're
2: one of the least likely to be ejected from a hot dog (laughs) diner. I hope so. I I feel,
4: feel, I feel... You know, I'll take that as a compliment. You and uh, Dimbleby, neither (laughs) of you are getting kicked out for poor hot dog delivery. Well, and yet, the evidence uh, tells the opposite. And there it was, there it was. And, um, And it sent me mad for a couple of days, because rudeness, as I discovered after... It, it, it messes with your brain. It literally messes with the frontal lobes of your brain, which means you can't concentrate in the moment. It's why you can't think of something funny to say mm. um, when someone's really rude to you, usually. Um, it's, it's why you... Are, I talked to a cab driver about it. Um, he was asking me what I was up to, and I, I, told him, I told him that. And he said, it's the same with me. The other day he was outside a... Um, he was driving past a pub, and some guy, drunk, just shouted, fuck you, at him. And he didn't. He hadn't done anything wrong. It was just probably a dare or just a Mm. madman. And he was thinking about it, and he got so caught up. Like twenty minutes later or something, he's in like Shoreditch, Mm. going, "How did I get here? And what am I doing?" (laughs) He'd forgotten. He was like trying. He was just obsessed with it. And the same thing happened to me. But I realised that it chimed with all the work before because I've always written about behaviour, and I've always tried to write about what good behaviour is Mm. and how we can all do it. And this, for me, this was an angrier book, because the more I read and researched about rudeness, kind of the angrier I became, which is natural, because that happens to all of us. Mm. Even now, someone listening to this, listening to me talking about rudeness, it is affecting their neurological pathways.
2: Just the conversation. Just the conversation. Just, just the, conversation, the word
4: rudeness. Just hearing me talk <clears throat> about that woman will make the person listening think about the last time someone was rude to them. Mm. And now it's like I've grazed them. And now their anger is closer to the surface than it would have been. So maybe later, listener, you'll get an email. And it'll just be a completely neutral email. And it's just someone going, I just wondered when you're going to deliver that bit of work. And that's all it is.
2: How dare they wonder?
4: Exactly. Disturbing me in my spare time. Didn't even put a kiss at the end. Or if they did, was that sarcastic? It could have been. That's what drives us all mad. And the more I wrote about it the more I discovered it these are some very very dark places mm. so like you say it starts off as quite a light silly book and um, but it ends up I hope saying something
2: there is um, obviously I think you lot should just listen to it on audible or, or, or physically read it if you do that I don't know oh,
4: maybe maybe people still do that.
2: I think some people I don't do. Know. I saw a guy with this pile of paper bound together on the tube what, earlier. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I'm not sure. He was kind of bending it. And like looking a newspaper, at it.
4: an old Thicker, newspaper,
2: right? like a weapon. Wow! So sort of, you could damage someone with it. Believe um,
4: it or not, didn't happen.
2: <laughs> but yeah, so there is a, a tone. You start obviously the first chapter is probably probably the sample chapter on Audible. Probably. Probably. Like um but is is about someone who joins ISIS.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and it's like, it starts exactly as the book means to carry on. You mm. are tackling something actually serious, yeah. but you can't help but find this funny. Like, <laughs> he was so... Eno- he's yeah. a man who chooses to essentially kill as his reason for being. Yeah. He's so annoyed they keep unplugging his phone. Exactly.
4: Yeah, a 28-year-old former security guard from a Morrisons in Buckinghamshire. And, um, yeah, one day he's like, this is not for me. I want to be in the desert with my brothers, um, plotting the death of all Western civilization." And um, obviously I could do that here. (laughs) But I think the desert's the place for me. So he goes out, and uh, everything's brilliant for a bit. This is exactly, you know, he was born for this. And um, he did a lot of training but he just found himself not quite bonding with the other guys from ISIS. Mm. Um, And he starts talking to a cat called Lucy, I think. And Lucy becomes his friend. And he finds himself just sort of, just more and more separated from uh, from the other radical jihadist terrorists. And then he's serving them dinner one night, and they're all, they're like a bunch of kids, and they're all just going... Over, Omar, yeah, I want that now. And he he said, I had to tell them all to just sit down and be quiet. And and none of them queue. Sometimes if you're praying, they'll steal your shoes. Um, They stare at me. And like you say, they had no respect for uh, phone cable etiquette. None at all. But that for me was just, was basically just going, we're all annoyed by the same stuff. We all get annoyed by rudeness. Mm. Whether you are a barista Dealing with a customer who's complaining that you gave them the wrong coffee, even though they had their earphones in the whole time and didn't even look at you. Whether you are in customer services or whether you're in ISIS, we, we all fundamentally want to be respected. Mm. And, um, and to not just be treated rudely in some way. I mean, I've got a different opinion about Isis, I reckon, uh, you know, <laughs> I think there's some bad guys with yeah, some yeah, terrible I, ideas.
2: From what I can gather, yeah. yeah. From what but me being so
4: far, me, if, I, if one was here now, I'd still sort of be polite. Mm. Just because there is that weird contract. I'd, I'd say I don't approve of any of this stuff, but I wouldn't be swearing at it. It's a yeah. strange thing, just the social interaction. It is
2: such a strange thing that we are polite to people who have
4: malicious intent.
2: Yeah. Yet at the same time, it's what we've been raised to do. Yeah. You know? So I, I uh,
4: But otherwise the conversation would go nowhere. That's why like Twitter and stuff, it's like hit and run rudeness. Mm. Someone will come in, throw a brick at you. I've said it before on here that
2: it's dropping a hand grenade yeah. and I'm just walking out the road. And then they go scot-free, and yeah. anything
4: you do is then wrong. Whereas if you want to if you want to have the conversation, there are rules for the conversation. Mm. Otherwise, the other person will just get up and go. Yeah. If you want to engage, you have to engage.
2: So I have
4: a, a neighbor
2: who, for some months now, has been slowly dumping all his furniture on the street. <laughs> and he's chosen the small piece of concrete outside my house That's as really his, his dumping ground. Yeah. And uh, for a while, I didn't know who. And then yeah, and I saw, at 2 o'clock in the morning, no, him coming out with a double-seater
4: sofa. Uh Uh-oh, that's too big for that little bit of concrete. That's far too big. So
2: I waited, I watched, I didn't challenge, I didn't feel I was ready for that, and I wasn't dressed. Your blood
4: was pumping there, wasn't it? It was, it was. So
2: I angrily waited (laughs) quietly for 30 minutes until he'd gone back in, and I thought, maybe the exertion, he'll be asleep by now, It is late. And then I took that same double-seater sofa and wedged it in his doorway. Good. I like, got it right in there.
4: Good. Oh, It was
2: in there. And I went back in my house. And I got into bed. And then I got up immediately. And went back across the road. And took it out in case no. there was a fire.
4: Oh. Well, good for you. So it's
2: still awkward. But no one dies.
4: So you look like a reverse burglar. And then a burglar. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. It's in. No, it's, uh, no, that it's, is. That I'll is. Just, that's just, bad go. behavior from that person. I don't know. I know. I had a not a. Well, it's similar in that. We were selling our house in London, and we were getting out. And then I just glanced out the window, and through the blinds, I saw our for sale sign wobbling, which is very odd. You know, it seemed to be wobbling too. Uh, uh, there was a, a girth to it. There was yeah. kind of you know it wasn't a squirrel. And I looked, and I saw someone suddenly walking off with the for sale sign. And I thought, well, that's a bit odd. And then my wife shouted, "Do you see that?" And I went, "What?" and I said what the for sale I assumed it was like the estate agent doing putting a new one up yeah. but it was a rival estate agent <gasps> nicking our for sale sign my words because they wanted no one to know our house was for sale so that they could sell another house well that got my blood pumping now I'm suddenly jumping in the car in my sort of pajamas well, you know like tracksuit bottoms um, forgot my phone and I'm just driving around the neighborhood just looking for this... I I felt so good like a detective. Couldn't find them. Then went to loads of estate agents. I parked outside Foxton's for a bit because I reasoned Mm. it was probably Foxton's. It was probably Foxton's. (laughs) Um, Then I went to other ones and I went in and I was sort of looking at them and, you know, you have to sort of... If you're (laughs) going to accuse someone of something... But I wasn't going to accuse them but I was going to make my eyes do the accusing. So I was just walking in going, just to let you know, someone's going around stealing for sale signs and these people are just looking at me like I'm insane. (laughs) <laughs> and I've got nothing else to say after that, and so I, I go back and I phone our Stage agent and go, we need to get another one up right now, so that'll, that'll get them. And then I find it and it's been dumped in a skip. Yeah. So then I take it out of the skip, put it in my car.
2: Which has another level of
4: rudeness, because Doesn't it? somebody
2: else is paying for that skip. Ugh. That's, That's somebody else's skip. They, they, they might be putting hardcore in there, there's all sorts they could be I need to find
4: it. this person. I know. Anyway, so I, I, get, yeah, but I get my for sale sign back that I've got out of the skip and I put it in the car and I get it back to my house. So I take it out and I walk up and our estate agent's already put a new for sale. Now I've got two for sale signs.
2: Well, it's double your chances, surely.
4: Well, you'd think so, but actually it just looked desperate. <laughs> it looked really needy. Yeah.
2: yeah, no, I'm done by that one. They've got two. They've got double. Um, how, did you, how did you find writing a book? Like fuck You very much. In it was a oh, sorry. You took a breath there. No, right? no, it's no. A, yeah.
4: No, I was I was <laughs> breathing in.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. um,
4: Gonna have to change the title. <laughs> people think it's a swear word.
2: Um, but it's uh, a more research. Yeah. You know, in, in like, your earlier books are, are very much you living the research yeah. and such. Whereas this is you off around the world finding and talking to people who who have done the work. Yeah, How did you find that? In, I found it cathartic,
4: <coughs> and I found it exhilarating, and I mm. found it um, educating, um, mm. or educational. Um, I, I cared so much about the topic. I cared so much about finding the stuff out. I wanted to bring it to life. I wanted to go and meet the people. I wanted to um, find out what, you take the small idea and you realize, you think it's like a little bullet and then you find out it's a bomb. Mm. Like, you, you think it's one thing, and then you find out the problem's much, much worse. And you become quite, um, yeah, it, it is. It's exhilarating, kind of thing. And also, it was something that I could do, largely, by walking to my then office. <laughs> um, so uh, I could still, you know, be a good dad. Yeah. And, um, and, and be around. Um, but, but, but the stuff I was finding out was just completely fascinating to me the kind of stuff that I could just sit in a pub with someone mm. and and let's say they didn 't want to buy the audiobook, I would just tell them everything anyway because mm. I find it all really interesting, yeah, and I would enforce that on people um, because fundamentally we we all have these stories and we all care about it mm. like it is a topic that we all care about, and even now, now that it's you know it's out but it it's it was maybe even frustratingly, it was maybe a year ahead of its time in that whenever you listen to political discourse in America or in Britain or talk radio, say, speech radio, there's a big conversation going on now about civility Mm. and civility between us, civility between Remainers and Leavers, between never-Trumpers and Trumpists, um, between England and Scotland, between people on social media... we're we're at a time where it's just going wrong Mm. and we're not doing that thing that we were talking about sitting down and engaging and politely talking we are all just shouting each other and dropping those bricks or those hand grenades and Mm. then just running off because we think we're right
2: with with politics particularly there was it isn't that long ago that we were having thinly veiled at least like uh, politicians at least trying to Politely insult each other. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I'm going to insult you, but it's that moment of like, did he just? Yeah. Rather than at the moment where he's going, wait, no, that that's racist. Yeah. That's you know, that's not you're not even trying to hide it. at no. this point.
4: And well, everyone's found this sort of powerful voice, which is a good thing and a bad thing. The the moment it started for me, I remember seeing David Cameron, you know, former prime minister. I'm no I'm no fan of his, but he was uh, he was talking about this or that, a student on a TV show had asked him a question, and he got about 30 seconds into his answer, and then she just stood up or put her hand up and just went, look, Mr Cameron, uh, I'm an English student, so I'm pretty sure I know Waffle when I hear it, and everyone (laughs) sort of laughed and everything, but I remember being like, I laughed, but then I went, well, hang on, because, you know, you like him or not, he's the Prime Minister, and you're doing this on TV, yeah. and he can't hit back, you know, because he's the Prime Minister. Mm. And, you know, we're at a time where we're all talking about, well, you've got to respect the office of the President, and, um, well, you can respect previous Presidents, mm-hmm. but the office of the President right now is a dreadful, dreadful place. And yet, if he was here, I'd still, you know, engage with him in a reasonably kind of polite way, because mm. that's the way I'm, I'm sort of made, and I think that you are, and I think it's Kind of better, but I remember that moment particularly in British politics and thinking it's going to change. Mm. You know, we're all going to be rude to these people, like face to face, Mm. which I think is is dangerous.
2: There is, there is.
4: I mean, I see I see Farage every week. I see Nigel Farage every week where I where I do a radio show, and I have the opportunity to speak to. It's the
2: same building. Yeah, I think it hadn't even crossed my mind. the many
4: times I've been in in Global and but I can't talk I couldn't talk I wouldn't talk to him no because I wouldn't be able to do that I wouldn't I be able to do it politely
2: do you know the thing, I, I've said this before that I I like my racists <laughs> to be racist yeah, yeah. not to yeah. be greedy right. I, I prefer a good old fashioned bigot yeah. to a bigot who's monetizing their bigotry yeah 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 I don't know I know, I know for some reason I just find it galling. yeah you know there was uh, one of the uh, MEP candidates um, who may or may not um, sexually assault someone. Right. Um, he, I noticed just the other day that he was making about $18,000 a month on his, his, his
4: right-wing version of... Patreon. I think I know... I was going to say the gentleman, but I, I know yeah. the, uh, the toad of which he's yeah.
2: um, But And it was like $18,000 yeah. a month. And it was like, it, it was more galling
4: to yeah. me that... He's not spending it on clothes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the
2: most polite thing I can I, say. Just, like, did no one say it didn't fit? With yeah. That suit, just, <laughs> just, just a look. Or bigger or smaller, or either, either direction. Yeah. But just, you no, is choose a look. bit. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like, it is really frustrating when you see people who are benefiting greatly, like your Farage's, yeah. from stirring up hate yeah. you know and it is interesting that if you you get vitriolic on Twitter and you say something crass and edgy which I do regularly yeah. it gets more likes and it yeah. gets more retweets and you're getting but you say something genuinely positive like I heard this album it was beautiful duh, 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 and it's just like um, those balls of hair yeah. <laughs> what well, they're yeah. tumbleweeds. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they're not
4: of hair at all but <laughs> what well, they were? Yeah, but you know, sticks or something. I don't know what they are. Well, weeds probably. Weeds. Yeah.
2: Are they? Are they dead? Or are they like? Yeah. Uh,
4: They're not sentient. They're not on their way somewhere. No,
2: no. But I mean, <laughs> are they like uh rolling around and then when they stop do they? Re- oh, I see. Reroute. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's true. That's your next book.
4: That's the book, guys. <laughs> Just following one tumbleweed's journey across yeah. yeah. America. All I have to do is stand up in a desert and tell a joke. <laughs> a bad joke, and all the tumbleweed come out.
2: <laughs> it has been stuck—just well, this one—stuck against a cactus <laughs> for three days, and you're waiting for it to
4: move. Yeah. If the wind changes, we yeah. move
2: on. Um, but yeah, no, I, I get hit up with with politics sometimes, and I think we all do. Yeah. But it's that thing—the rudeness. Uh, we don't have to inflict our anger on other people. No. But what you talk about in the book is how it's infectious. And I think the same goes for anger as well as... yes, yeah. So I think yeah. It is,
4: it is. The scientists have shown that it's, it, 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 it literally spreads the same way as the common, the common cold. Mm. Um, so it can spread throughout an office. Um, mm. And people don't let it go. People take it home with them. And then they are snappier with their partners because it's harder to switch off when that thing is going around in your head the whole time. Maybe mm. you'll drink more, maybe you'll sleep less. Maybe your partner because you've been rude to them, we'll take it to their office. So mm. the only way to properly end it is to suck it up um, and end the strain. And to, or to be aware of it as well, to understand it, what's happening. Or when someone's really rude to you, to think about what might have made them that way. Mm. And it's difficult to do. It's almost impossible. You have to, you have to train yourself to do it. Um, so I try with the book. Apologies about
2: the noise, but we're yeah. in a, a rambunctious spot that shouldn't be rambunctious, but this is life. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll
4: explain them where we are. We're in a sort of, um, a big black room with um, painted on neon lasers down one side. Um, fake. Fake. It's a lie. It's they a lie. They
2: are lie lasers. A
4: light up dance floor and we're sitting beneath uh, a disco ball.
2: And I think maybe this room... And this is your kitchen. This is my kitchen. <laughs> wow this is one of those rooms you should never see with real lighting no
4: exactly you know, <laughs> you know how disappointing it is when they turn the lights on at quasar yeah and you're like I'm
2: not on board an alien starship so uh, my partner 43 year old woman uh, she loves quasar yeah loves well, good it. to the point where her son is now 15 he mm. is growing out right quasar. is I he know. 16 Andrea tell me when you hear this let yeah. um, edit it in I should no um, <laughs> but yeah she loves it but the problem is she'll take him and because the way they do it in America is you it's like time. So there's like you you play strangers. You're yeah. not booking it out. No. It's the, you it's a league and all that. And they go around demolishing it. And then there's like eight year old children just walking out there crying. Yeah. And so she's like, we won! Yeah. <laughs> Calm. Yeah. Breathe. Yeah. Breathe. But I think she likes it because she's quite
4: tattooed, uh-huh. and uh, they
2: usually use a lot of UV. Oh, so, she so just she's just bit, different, different bits
4: of it light up. Yeah. Great. Yeah.
2: Which, she, you know, that's the only reason to get tattooed, <laughs> is, is for UV lighting. Oh, someone
4: just, scored, uh, some, someone just scored 50, I think they, they beat the base.
2: Oh, someone died,
4: one of the two.
2: Oh. It could be either way. Um, so, to talk about, you've been doing this a while. Yeah. You know, to have done so much. But you, for a time, worked as a producer. Yeah. So um, we've talked about your voice, but before that you were helping people find their voice. Yes. yes. So how do you... Do you miss that? Like, obviously you played a big part in getting the Mike Booch on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, do you miss taking that part in helping other people find their voice? Or are you doing secret stuff? Do you, is that something <laughs> you still do?
4: But No, um well, I'll, I can, you know, I can still switch that on if, say, I'm seeing an early preview of an Edinburgh show, mm. um, something like that. Then, if it's someone I, I know and they want to hear it or want to talk about it, I mm. can, I can look at their. I'm quite sort of adaptable in, in my sense of humour, I think, I hope. So, I could think of something for the Bush, or, or, or maybe something that might give Ross Noble some ideas, or, or different sort of styles. And um, and I can I can kind of write in those styles as well. So it's it's I quite enjoy sometimes sitting down with someone who thinks in a different way, um, and you know offering some thoughts if they want it. Yeah, you know, yeah. or then maybe there's a maybe there's a really obvious joke that they missed. By obvious, I just mean there's a chasm there, mm. and there's a laugh to be had. And maybe maybe this could fit. Um, and and that side of it, I, I I do enjoy. What I didn't enjoy was really the kind of. The office nature of it. I mm. remember being in an office, um, at BBC Broadcasting House, and I was I, I was at the tail end of that those times, those legendary BBC producer times, where you just went to the pub. Mm. You just you had an eleven o'clock meeting and you went. Let's just go to the pub. You'd stay there throughout lunch, and you'd go home about half ten. I still did that a couple times. Yeah, and I remember. <laughs> coming up with ideas that we thought were absolute genius with Julian Barrett um, from the Boosh. And, oh, we had the title, we had everything. It was going to be great. And the next morning, reading it and just going, this is appalling. (laughs) And calling him and going, you know, it was appalling, right? He's like, yeah, I thought it might be appalling. Yeah. But it was the process that was enjoyable. But I remember a couple of comics coming into my office and we were throwing this idea around and we were laughing. And someone banging on my door and another producer... Then not wait to be asked to come in, just bursting in and going, mm. "Can you stop laughing?" <laughs> and I remember just thinking, "This is the comedy department." Yeah, your department was right. yeah. in, right? Those you don't comedies. want silence in this department. Mm. If there is no, if no one laughs at anything in this department specifically, I mean, if this was the one
2: department yeah, where it should be happening,
4: if this was the obituaries department, wow. I would understand. But, but it's comedy, and we should be swapping ideas and saying surprising things and um, catching each other off guard, and that will then translate to something good. Mm. And I think that was one of the moments where I went, maybe this isn't, you know, maybe this isn't for me. I, I loved the BBC, I loved the, the guy I was working for, John Pigeon, who was just brilliant, and we just thought alike, and he liked the same people I liked, and we did everything we could to give those people a voice. Um, but then it was time for me to go and, and not give ideas away all the time, but just kind of, if I had an idea that I thought was good, maybe rather than giving it to someone else, I, I would go, well, maybe I'll try that.
2: So, like, when you came up with
4: maybe uh,
2: having a mooch with Grand
4: Gooch, you kept that for yourself? Yeah. You, I think you're still... I'm still, looking for, I'm still looking for funding. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but I'm pretty close. <laughs> the little chef's on board. <laughs> That, so. The one little chef yeah. that they got, <laughs> hey. Heston Blumenthal. Yeah, that one, yeah exactly. That one. I went there. Did you? Yeah. When it was a Heston one. When it was a Heston one. Why didn't, they call, th- why didn't they call it Heston Services? I don't know. Why didn't they put it at Heston Services? Exactly. I mean, that's, a, that's an open goal. Is
2: popular or somewhere.
4: Yeah.
2: It wasn't popular. It began with a P. Google yeah. it or use Ask Jeeves. <laughs> The higher class yeah. of searching. Yeah,
4: you just get better results, posher results.
2: Microsoft called Bing, Bing, yeah. because they wanted people to say Bing it.
4: Oh, did they? But that
2: failed, abysmally. Because who says Bing it?
4: No one says Bing it. Google
2: it. It has.
4: Oh, everyone oh, loves to Google it.
2: Oh, Google it's really it. caught on. Well, I was at a wedding once. Me. It was, me and Pip were at this wedding, and uh, this guy was like, talking about YouTube. And it's uh, so, like, yeah, this is a great video. So yeah, we, we'll go to um, Google, have you got Google? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've got Google. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and type in YouTube.com.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, brilliant.
2: I could have just put it in the top bar yeah. and got there one step quicker, but we'll,
4: we'll keep talking. First time I ever used the internet, I was working for a magazine company in Bath, or Bath, as the people of Bath call it. Is this
2: post-Sega Power? Yep,
4: post-Sega Power. I'd gone freelance well, how, I? Or maybe how or...
2: old were you when you started Sega Power
4: um, when I was at Sega Power I was probably like I don't know 13, 14 maybe which is insane when you think about it well that was I was still at school and but I was getting you know when they started to pay me <coughs> that was nuts Yeah. because I was getting money for playing games which I would have done for free anyway mm. and I was getting money to write for a magazine which I would have done for free anyway <laughs> and had been doing um, anyway after all the guys at Sega Power moved on, which was a Sega magazine, all about games Net. they then joined different magazines. And so suddenly, I had all these different opportunities mm. to write about different things. And when the internet was hitting big, um, <laughs> it, they thought, obviously, as a, as a magazine company, well, how do we cope with the internet? And rather than thinking, let's put a magazine on the internet, they thought, let's write a magazine about the internet. And so it was called the Net Directory. It was really well written. But it was basically reviews of websites. So it'd just be like you turn a page and it would just be here. And it was before everyone had like a .com. Mm. So it would be like the, the Eddie Izzard fan page. And it would be like www.eddie.115533- you know, yeah. dash, dash. And it went on for days. Anyway, they said to me, do you want to write a thing? And I hadn't used the internet. And I went, okay, yeah, so what do I do? And I had to go into an office and phone a man and go... All right, I'm on your computer. What do I do? And he said, Right, click that thing there. And so I clicked it, and this thing came up. And I went, What was now what? And he went, Now you can see, you've got to write something out. And you click on that. So I clicked on it, and I said, What do I write? And he said, H, H, T, T, "t," P, colon. I was like, Which one is colon? Backslash, backslash. And then this really, and I just thought, This is so much hassle. There is no way. This is never going to work. This is so, how are you supposed to remember HTTP, you know, colon,
2: backslash, backslash? Well, like, before we had search engines, like, the, the first booms of websites were lists of websites. Yeah, The biggest yeah. websites were just lists. Everyone's website, website,
4: website had to have a links page.
2: The links page is classic. Yeah. It's a really odd thing about the links page, because I actually really like representing other people. I think, I think it's something we can all do as creators. Of, of We've got an audience, yeah. and we get an opportunity to say to them, check this guy out. Yeah. And I don't think we do it enough. No, not anymore. It's weird, because... Um, I mean, it's, it's
4: like retweeting is, is a kind of form of that. Yeah. But it's quite selective, and, and it's a strange thing to you know, because you're that, thinking of your audience. It's a weird thing. Oh, no.
2: To, to everyone else, this won't be the last episode. It'll be the one before. I did talk about how... Um, Retweet means more than like. Like like oh yeah means something to the algorithm. Yeah. But hitting retweet is like showing the world that you care
4: enough. Yeah, I like this person and I like what they're saying, but it's an it's become this weird commitment. It's like the school yeah. thing.
2: It's 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 like one step I, I now have to engage this, and I might have to defend it yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's rubbish, then. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I can't just write. No, it's not. No. I have to. Well, if you hear the key change, it sounds yeah. like. Oh, yeah. I'm not that guy.
4: And then three in the morning, they wake up and you're shoving a sofa in their doorway.
2: <laughs> well, they know I've been. It. Yeah. What I've learned now is to shove a fire extinguisher in yeah. just before the sofa so I don't have to then take it out yeah. again. Oh, You've got to have a plan. For responsibility. Um, we've, we've covered a fair amount, but it's a bit more
4: if you've got time. Yeah, let me see. Yeah,
2: What, time, sure what time have you got to go
4: yeah. well, if, if, up? Um, well, it's up to you. I like, I've got to get back to do this phone call um, at Leicester Square, um, but I've got another like ten fifteen. Okay. Well, this, uh, ooh. Oh,
2: no pressure, Dan. No pressure. Let's just, just, just quit now. Too much stress.
4: No. Yeah. Um, okay. I can probably do so, 20 if I can get back.
2: Yeah. So listen to the audiobooks.
4: Yeah. Um,
2: how do you feel about that adaptation? Like, so you... One of the few people whose books I've listened to who actually pays attention to the fact that it's going to be heard, not read. Yeah. Um, it's... Is that something you've always done, or is do you feel like you're channeling your radio self when you do that?
4: So, 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 give me an example. If I'm if I'm reading it out and I mention that it's a you know that this is an audio book, or if I address the listener so, or I do a little bit of extra stuff. Yeah, within the text that you're reading. Yeah. Um,
1: you. It's sort you of definitely... it just
4: come. It's like a natural. I don't plot it out. Um, I'm listen uh, The the key to a lot of stuff in life is to listen. Mm. Um you know, like you do, doing an interview, you listen to the person. You don't just go straight to your next thing. Mm. It's a conversation, and, and you, those are the best things.
2: One of the podcasts I listen to, I'm not going to name mm. them. I, they... It really felt, well, the way they edited it, made yeah. it sound like they weren't listening. Right. I, and, I know, and I could tell that they were listening, because they, they faded up, and you could just catch that you had a little jokey bit. Right. So there was obviously a conversation there. But their edit... Was basically you say your thing, and then they would go, Oh, yeah, yeah, great. Um, and in the book, you talk about this, can you tell me about that? Right. And yeah. every they, they would just link with, Can you tell me about
4: that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it yeah. was
2: just like, Guys, just give us the conversation. Yeah, I mean, you get, you
4: get used to that, and then you go, All right, you just want me to do a little, you know, yeah. two minute bit about this and two minute bit yeah. about that. But, but listening is key and also listening to what you're saying, like the, how it comes across. There, again, there's a thing that we all do and it's called the looking glass self and it's like a constant MOT that we do. So every time we talk to someone, we're looking at them and, and, and sort of on some level we're, we're gauging how we're coming across to them. Yeah. And um, I think I'm too, uh, I'm too paranoid about that sometimes, you know, because I, I, I want to get on with people and I want to... Um, give them what they need and I, I want you know uh, that to go and it's sort of similar when you're recording say an audio book a different level but you want them to be engaged and you want them to feel that this is for them and it's not just me reading out a book mm. this is now a different experience this is me the author of the book telling you the stuff in the book but I'm going to do some of it conversational because that's how I would do it if we were in the pub there's going to be other bits where I have to be a bit more you know, formal but when the opportunity arises, I'll drop in the fact that I know it's me and you and mm. that you are listening and that I am talking and, and I think that makes it a better, more satisfying thing for them. Yeah. Little tiny touches is all it takes but it's just to kind of go, I'm not being lazy, I know I'm sitting in a place reading but I'm doing it for you mm. and um, I hope you like it.
2: Is, is that why you didn't do the narration for the novel? Yeah. Because you, that needed to it it needed to be be someone else
4: yeah and it needed to be I didn't want people to get confused by because the novels are written first person
2: I suppose you've got yeah you've got all this factual yeah real world stuff you don't want them thinking wait he did what yeah
4: (laughs) he stalked a
2: woman when did all this happen yeah (laughs) I saw him on the telly
4: yeah so I wanted to make that a different experience Um, and so uh, I would then just be the author I wouldn't be the storyteller if you like Mm. But with the kids' books, I tell you, with some of the early audiobooks as well, the, there's a moment you can tell, especially when they used to come on CD. Mm. Because um, with a, a grown-up book, I always say grown-up rather than adult, mm. because people might think I write different things. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, with a grown-up book, that usually takes about two days. Mm. So, But it's also, you're just in a room, and it's hot, and there's no windows, and you just read it. And there's a moment about five hours in where you're like, don't stumble, don't stumble, don't make a mistake, because you sort of want to get out of there. Yeah. Because you want to refresh for tomorrow. But how you refresh is you go to the first pub you can. So I always remember with like some of the early ones, CDs one and two would sound perfectly normal. And CD three would just start with a very deep-voiced man (laughs) who was clearly starting recording at 9.30 in the morning, very hungover. Yeah. And it's I always wondered what people thought. What's happened to his voice? (laughs) In that one moment, because they're just... With the kids' ones, I've learned not to commit too early to a character's voice, because mm. I'll just get there and go, all right, what do I think this person sounds like? And then I'll do a crazy voice, and then I realise, I've got eight hours of this, yeah. and I've got to do that every time. So I, when I was streaming on Twitch
2: more regularly, I'd, I'd play a lot of older um, RPGs, uh-huh. like Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger, yeah. and Final Fantasy Seven, like... Reading all those different characters, basically, every time Barrett came on stream, I would basically committed to a racist voice, <laughs> which I had to gradually like, tone <laughs> out. This uh, a character called Red 13, okay. which is like a half cat human. Oh. So he had like a schnaff, yeah. but like very excitable schnaf. Oh my god. My voice was wrecked. Yeah, because it was just be. I'm like, why have I done this?
4: In the last one I did, um, one of the characters had an accent. Mm. And then I realised I couldn't do that accent, so I was like, why the hell did I write that? So I ended up uh, just ad-libbing, as I described the character, and just saying, he had a light accent. <laughs> 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 Which I don't believe is what was in the book, but I was just like, you know, okay, this is going to save everybody a lot of, a lot of trouble.
2: <laughs> just that one. No, no, I'm, yeah. I'm failing on this. Yeah. So it's only kids. Yeah. How do you find that writing writing the kids' books? Oh, it's they've fun. been massively successful as they've well. They've
4: done well, I think. I mean, not on the not on the same scale as uh, of some of those guys, but they've been successful in the sense that they, yeah, they've sold some copies, and the kids who are into them are super into them, mm. uh, and they ask me lots of uh, questions I don't know the answer to. Yeah, um, then I have to add limit. So an you've answer. not done like a
2: George R. R. Martin world building document
4: no you have the canon is flexible let's just say the world builds with every new book <laughs> rather than I have to refer to any sort of you know but um it's 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 been great I mean the first I'd never done a an event in front of kids before and so I was a bit kind of like you know I, I think instinctively I know how to do it I've got kids I've certainly seen kids I was once a kid so I think I've got this and then they said um you've oh, run the gamut of kid yeah I've done yeah. all the kid stuff and they said, um, yeah, the first one's in, uh, where was it? Barnsley? Um, Wakefield? Somewhere like that. And they said, um, they said it's, it's up there. And I went, great, let's go do it. And they went, it's quite a big one. And I went, oh, cool, great. And when I got there, I mean, they told me, um, but when I got there to see it with my own eyes, I realised, oh, God. And it was like half a football stadium full of children. Not there just for me. I was just on the bill. Yeah. But that was me like a trial by fire of mm-hmm. trying to hold the attention of what a thousand kids or something all of them miles away yeah yeah <laughs> In, on, a, on a very bleak cold morning and um and just <laughs> i'd said can i bring like um there's a little some pictures i could put on a screen thinking i'll put a screen up and they went oh we've got a screen but it was a screen at the other end of the stadium so it would be like looking at a television about a quarter of an inch high <laughs> So well, I'm trying to make this interesting. Anyway, after that, I was like, no more. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a stadium author. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a backroom of the library guy. Uh, and then, um, you know, it was all good after that. But yeah. no, it's been great.
2: <laughs> um, the, I don't think there's a lot we need to go through. The one, the one thing, through your work, there's a lot about trying to either change your world or change the world. Yeah, And it doesn't always seem deliberate. It's mm, not like no. you're, you've woken up and gone, yes, I'm going to. But how does it feel to look at things you've done and see that you have made. When you eventually pass away at yeah. 125 That's or right. whatever, you will have left a world in a better place. Well, you won't have made it worse. If you like. <laughs> the, world, the world's not going to be in a better yeah, place. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how does. Do you feel awed by that, do you feel, does it intimidate you to, have, like, with the Karmageddon stuff?
4: It doesn't intimidate there's me, light. it makes me, um, like, I, I, I never really think about that stuff much, but if ever it crosses my mind, and that, that's, this, I only mean on like, that's if I get an email say, or a letter, and I've, I've, I still get amazing letters, and amazing emails from the very early stuff as well, and there's such good stories, and they're so kind of well told and they tell them to me like we are friends, which mm. is, you know, what I want. And, um, you know, now that I walk into these rooms uh, with, with so many faces of, of people who've been, say, with joined me from the very start, but there's still new faces and crucially off to one side there is a room full of children who were born because of Join Me, mm. because of these people finding each other through the book or whatever. Mm. Like, I can't take credit for that. I'm, a, I'm a, a, a catalyst or a cog, but they had to read it. It had to chime with them. They then had to make an effort to go to a place. They then had to speak to someone new. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff they did um, to make that happen, but I'm, I'm involved somehow. And you know, a kid was born recently and the middle name was Wallace. <laughs> um, I get after all, Wallace and Gromit, <laughs> yeah, big fans. And uh, there's an amazing story a lady told me just about. She was, I think, she you know, her kids had all grown up, and her husband had the classic midlife crisis where they were supposed to now just enjoy each other's company, but he started enjoying the company of someone younger, and bought the cliched car, and you know, started jogging and got a fake tan, and she was just like, "Who is this, <laughs> you <Yeah>, know, dickhead?" <laughs> but was still with him. And then realized she didn't need to be. And also she didn't need to do the job she was doing until she retired. Yeah. And so she changed it all up and she started saying yes to everything. And she went out and cut a long story short, met the guy that was right for her. He was brilliant. Um, they've gone on so many adventures together. Yeah. Um, she's so happy in her work. Um, she's having a great time. Mm. And... Um, Maybe she'd have done that anyway, and I hope that she would, because, you know, it might be a... You either curl up and die after someone does that to you, or you embrace life. And, and she'd read the book, and, and she said that that helped her, but I hope that she'd have done it anyway. Yeah. But I do feel awed sometimes by, by, by these things, but I try not to think about them too much, because mm. I think I get overawed.
2: I, th- I think it's something that we... Maybe other people need to think about occasionally, but... That there is this butterfly effect of, mm. of lives. Like oh, yeah. you could really say, you could drag your life all the way back to your parents moving to Bath, yeah. being a point in time where if you'd never moved to Bath, maybe you would never have worked at Sega Power. Yeah, would never got into journalism. Oh, never totally. Got into it. Do you know what I mean? And that that butterfly effect is well, it's effective. all you know.
4: It's all moving forward is saying yes, and um, you know. Yeah, you can trace back all the brilliant things that have happened in your life to a yes. You know, mm. All the things, all the connections that need to be made. You need to be in that place at that time to meet that person. And that person might not have been there that day unless that person had said... It's incredible, the, sort of, the complexity of mm. life and chance and coincidence. And my thing is, if we have all these rules, what if we change one rule in our own life? What if we decide to just... Do something nice for a complete stranger, even though everything in our psyche is screaming, Don't do it, it'll be awkward. They'll think you are a religious nut or something. (laughs) Um, You don't want to go to that party tonight, I understand. It's going to be boring, and you don't even like half the people there, and uh, you have to change trains twice Mm -hmm. and then come home. But what if you do? Yeah. You know, who might you meet? you're as likely to meet the love of your life at a bad party as at a good one. In fact, one of the producers of Yes Man, this incredible uh, woman, the, the film, um, she was single all the time I knew her. And then she decided, while working with me, she just went, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to a bad party. And she went to this bad party, and it was bad. It was like the other, the other side of town, all the dips were warm by the time she got there. Warm and dips? She,
2: yeah. Like, I'm sorry, I, well, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable already.
4: And she's sitting at this table, and... Uh, she's talking about some old film star from like 1920s and this gravelly voice just goes I've been waiting my whole life for a girl like you to say a thing like that and it was like old school Hollywood sort of and he sat down and now they're married and they have a child Mm. Um, and it was just that moment you know and uh, she just needed to do that in her life So, so yeah for me it's about changing rules or creating rules Seeing what happens, but never knowing what the philosophy is going to be yeah. until you've lived it.
2: And trying to remember, like trying to make sure you never think about the fact that there's plenty of people who've had sex because you exist.
4: <laughs> that no, you I think about you? that a lot. <laughs> that's the only thing I think about.
2: <laughs> I, think, I think that's where we should end. Um, as, as I uh, talked way more about other things than I should, can you just apologise to Mike Biffle? Because I was going to bring up Thomas was alone and the voice acting and sure. stuff. Sure. And I feel
4: like he's—he was our first ever guest. I know, yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry about that, uh, Mike Bithel, or as he calls himself, Biffikins. Biffikins. Um, you know, we didn't get to talk about uh, you, and um, but you know, you're talking about yourself a lot uh, these days in a good way. With in a good with way. The
2: John Wick video
4: game. With the John Wick video game, let's not uh, let's not have tell. Ever, have let's what? not tell Dan what happened there, Mike. with The John Wick <laughs> video game. You and I both know, don't we? Uh oh. Yeah, you and I both know. And oh. then uh, what was it? Two, three days before the announcement—is that what it was, Mike? So it's probably lucky that we're not talking about Mike before <laughs> right now because he owes me—he uh, owes me big time. <laughs> oh, does he? Yeah, does
2: he? Right, we won't—we won't get into that. Have yeah. you ever t- been tempted to make something like that? I know,
4: obviously, you... a video game. Yeah, you've voice acted a lot. Like I so couldn't I'm... make Snakes and Ladders. Do you know what I mean? But, I, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind making a genuinely funny video game.
2: Well, Mike's good at licensed stuff. Maybe yeah. a Hamish.
4: Hamish game. Well, a he Mike? does, like I say, he does owe me.
2: He does owe me. Hey, look at that. Wasn't it good? Danny's a good one, isn't he? When I said at the start, I felt positive. I did. I came out of that just with a spring in my step. I got a lot done for the next couple of days. Um... I think that just say yes thing, not not strictly saying yes to every little thing in the world, but being open to the idea of something happening, is definitely a worthwhile approach to life. Uh, we got that from the Dan Het episode as well, that say yes attitude, um, leading you down interesting paths. And they don't always have to be good paths or wonderful paths. But if you're saying no, generally you're not leaving your house. And that is definitely something I am very guilty of. Looking at at myself right now. It being, I don't know, 8 o'clock on a Sunday night and I'm still not dressed. Um, Don't worry, I'm going to shower directly after this. And uh, I'm going to smell fresh as a daisy. Well... I've got lemon sauce. Uh, so I'm going to smell fresh as a lemon. Uh, Which will be nice. I think. Unless you don't like lemons. If you don't like le- lemons. Don't smell me. Basically. I often smell of lemons. Or mint. Or lemon and mint. If, I, if I'm right at the end of a bottle. And the start of the next bottle. Maybe one armpit will smell of lemon. And another will smell of, of mint. Um, so yeah. It's up to you if you sniff me. What were we talking about? Uh, But yeah, Danny's great. Definitely check out his book, F you very much. Just check out everything he's ever written. Basically, check out his radio show, The Important Broadcast on Radio X. And yeah, just show the man some support. And talking of support, thank you everyone who retweets the podcast and does all that stuff, presses like and share and... All those things—it means a lot. Getting past the algorithm, getting anyone to notice uh, these things in this day and age is becoming increasingly difficult. So, yeah, all those little things help, and it means a lot. If you want to, if you want to review this podcast within your favorite podcast app, do it um, for your own sake. You know, it doesn't it's not just for me; it's for you. You want other people to know how cool you are That you listen to this podcast Basically Um, And Patreon's as ever I can't do it without you You are literally the only reason I get to continue doing this So Thank you Uh, That's patreon.com forward slash down the sack To get a little plug in Um, And yeah, next week I did a little line uh, Before the episode saying Hang around at the end to find out who's up next week I don't know. I do not know. I was meant to record one in Brighton just a few days ago, and at the very last minute, they had to cancel on me. I know, don't they know? I was going to put them in front of literally tens of people. Um, so I don't know. There is someone i kind of, someone local to me, who um, we've been talking about doing it for a little while. So i don't think we're gonna have a gap there is someone of interest to you and to me but we will see it's august anyway you're all busy it's sunny out there except when it's not keep an eye on uh, twitter and stuff for when the next episode will be patreons obviously you get told in in advance you get to hear the secrets of who's coming to dan's house wait that that made no sense I go to their houses. Um, I am rambling. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Check out the music on danasac.bandcamp.com. I've already talked about Patreon 900 times. I'm not desperate, honest. Um, And thank you all in advance for spreading the good word. And I will see you on the next episode. Bye. Did I need to say bye there? I feel like I could have just ended it on next episode, but it felt like rude to not say goodbye. Uh, But now I've added this bit, so and and this bit, and this bit. I actually scripted all of this, and and this bit. I scripted this bit as well, and this bit. Yep, this bit. That yep. Then that was scripted, and this bit and and this bit and this bit and now it's fading out or it might have been fading out for a little while yet i haven't decided that yet that wasn't scripted but the words were scripted this was all scripted honestly and this bit and this bit and this bit, and this bit.